Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rents, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we are developing to help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Did you pick up any good closers during this this latest crazy pickup round now that we're post-trade deadline? No. Okay. I got Alex Colomay. I'm convinced Colomay is the man in Minnesota. He's back. He's the He's only back. one. I got I got Colomay, and I'm rolling the dice on Tyler Clippard in Arizona. These are my decisions. I mean, he'll I mean He's just gonna that team just gets wins in bunches, so might as well have the Diamondbacks closer. It it does not the number of saves does not strongly correlate with how many wins a team has. Gotta say, uh I did pick up Bednar and mm. holy is he not good. <laughs> he well is. but again, it's 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 a question of what you want to optimize. I mean, I don't believe that Colome or Clippard are good closers, <laughs> but I believe that they are the last men standing on their respective teams that have to occasionally win games may occasionally win games they, they're still winning a third even the diamondbacks are winning a third of their games right and you know they're going to yeah. be close <laughs> they're not blowing people out it, this is really hard i thought this was really hard the moves that happened ended up doing what i was concerned would happen which is that there were several closers established closers who moved to teams that already had established closers and then are now creating more of a morass the white Sox being the it, primary one <laughs> The White Sox being a, the the best example of of that, um, but uh, Atlanta also being uh, an example of that, right? Your your closer has no value now. No, but I don't. But I actually don't think that Rodriguez will get any saves. Like I'm not I'm not pretending to think that. But like if you have Kimbrel or Hendricks, <laughs> you got those guys for saves. Yes. Yeah. And you invested a lot to get them saves, and now they're on the same team. Yeah. <sighs> yep. I mean, that to me is the is the the single worst situation for you know if you were an owner of Kimbrel or Hendricks. I but I I mean I agree. Obviously, like the Richard Rodriguez scenario, not ideal. No, I mean he's gonna have over under three saves the rest of the way, three and a half. Oh, that's a good number. I I'd, I'd take the over, but just barely. I mean, Atlanta's gonna you have to, Atlanta's gonna have to win a ton of games and get not counting the playoffs. Not counting the playoffs, I think that I mean, it's basically, it's going to have to be it's going to have to be Smith pitches two games in a row and Rodriguez gets the third game. That's basically the only that's the yep. only viable path that I see to Rodriguez getting saves. Yeah, Hansel's horses. Well, that's I mean, yeah, gone. <laughs> that's I'm I seriously the two teams that I identified were the ones where it was major last man standing action. Yeah, so a lot of these teams now. Um, a lot of these teams that lost their closer. So Pittsburgh, clearly they're going to go with bet. They're going to try Bednar, but he's already not been very good. Um, Clippert has left. Who else do we have who ended up taking and jumping into a spot? It was, uh, 
well, I think, I mean, Colome, right? Minnesota, like the whole bullpen is different. Taylor Rogers is out for the year, basically. I mean, that's that's not a trade scenario. And then they trade Robles. There's nobody else there. <laughs> like, what? Are, who else are they going to do? Tyler Duffy, I guess. But Tyler Duffy has been so bad that he's making Alex Colome look good. Um, but yeah, I mean, Patton, who cares? Finnegan in Washington, who cares? <sighs> yeah. The the one thing that I want to talk about that's not baseball related is the lack of non-baseball related fantasy news. Yeah, fantasy just, it takes a while to make a fantasy movie and then the pandemic has brought havoc on on the landscape. I don't understand. I mean, the one that we're really talking about is the, the Amazon Lord of the Rings series has a release date, which is over a year from now. I don't, I mean, I don't understand that. I mean, they're, they're obviously taking it so carefully, but even, even Game of Thrones was not operating on anywhere near this long of a timescale. They're really setting themselves up. I feel like they're setting themselves up. I mean, it's, it's, it better be good. If you're going to tell me that it's coming out in 13 months, this better be mm-hmm. really good. And we, we have no, we really have no idea. There's a, there's an image that's out now, but we don't. Well, we yeah we spent we spent a good ten minutes uh, before before this looking at maps looking at maps trying to figure out what city it could be. I don't think we're any closer. Nope, nothing obvious. If anyone... It is still interesting. This is just the second age is just the uh, time period that's squashed in between the things that Tolkien really thought out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it as we I think we've talked about before on this podcast. It's the right age to to make a show about because it's the one that you're not going to you're ideally going to annoy the fewest people i mean you have like you have these big cornerstones that tolkien set out that have to happen but that's it you really have to not miss them yeah exactly well you you can't not miss them right you can't you can't not start the third age obviously (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) and you know other than that it's kind of it's kind of kind of free for all can do whatever you want as you long the, as you have the great start and end clear start and yeah end. As, morgoth is banished to the void and then at the end of it the ring is separated from sauron yep and so however that, however you want to make sauron powerful you just knock yourselves out he's got to be it really is sort of like i got some bullets for you <laughs> these things have to happen he's got to become powerful during this during the age right and then you can do whatever else you want yeah but i i mean there's just there's just not a lot going on. We're talking about a show that's coming out in 13 months. There's no, there's nothing like a Game of Thrones that we're waiting for. There's no, there's no like Star Wars development happening. There's no, you know nope. what? <sighs> okay. Yep. Yeah. Dune is only going to take me so far. It's only going to take you so far. Yeah. I went by, when is that? Well, we do have a Bond movie too. We do. We so they're they're both they're both coming out end of end of September, early October. So, okay. if we are going to theaters, <laughs> this Delta variant is going to try to make sure that that does not happen. We shall see. Anyway, uh, that's all I wanted to do was lament the lack of fantasy news available to us <sighs> right now. I mean, we'll come back one day. We just we just read three whole Tolkien books because. There was nothing happening externally in the world in fantasy. Yeah, we're basically, and it, it's looking like we're going to have to manufacture our own fantasy again for the next year. 
But today, let's go back to talking more about the trade deadline. Uh, lineup updates, built some new tech, and you're going to give me some feedback, I think. We'll talk about some lineups. We'll see if we've got some winners and losers, and just go from there. I, uh, I, I did make a trade list here of everybody that, over the course of the year, has moved teams. So remember, one of the things that we have is this lineup analysis that tells you the typical the typical lineup for each team over the course of the year. But now I real you know we realized a few weeks ago the wrinkle in all of this was that Willie Adamas was on two teams. <laughs> was in two <laughs> starting lineups. Like oh, what do we do with that information? Way to go, Tampa. So we've now now changed it so that there's at least a flag in the the color of the guy's name that shows you what team what what team they're no longer on. He gone. And then I put together a list of those. It's more guys than I thought that have, like, more relevant starters that have switched teams this year. It's a lot. It's been a lot. Yeah. No, well, every year there's, there is a decent number. But, yeah, there's been a lot this year. So I, I gave you a list here of all the guys that I flagged. And then I was, and then just taking a look at where they actually sit in all the lineups. I mean, the one that's the most stunning is the Cubs trading the first four guys in their batting order. Right, Jacques Peterson, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, gone, gone. gone. So no, that was the, that was the start of their yeah. Cubs lineup could look like could look like anything after this. Yeah, very much so. I had Jason Hayward. Wow, you can have Jason Hayward and Wilson Contreras, and uh, not much else. It's gonna be an it's gonna be an interesting one. I mean, it's it's nice to kind of look at this lineup list of the the full one and see where the holes are now. Like who's who's been moved. Um, I mean, the other, like Miami moved two of the guys in their starting four. Uh, Minnesota obviously moved Nelson Cruz, so they have to do have to figure out what to do there. Cleveland and Pittsburgh both moved their leadoff guys, so I'm keeping trying to watch both of those to see who's going to take those spots. Where did Cesar Hernandez end up? Uh, 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 it's uh, White Sox. It's in this list somewhere. It's a White Sox. There it is, yeah. Well... Yeah, any one of these guys that you're, yeah. So which so outside of Chicago, Chicago very interesting. How dynamic that's going to be. Um, Boston is pretty interesting. Um, looking at your adjustments, um, it's looking like Devers is finally up. I love that. You know, I've been saying that he needs to get more at bats here. So getting him up to two in front of JD and Xander is fun. I think I think Boston is going to be a really interesting lineup to watch i mean the teams that picked up guys we don't have a good sense yet of what their lineups are going to look like so anyone that that drastically remade their teams like i don't i mean we talked about atlanta a couple weeks ago and i did not see the this coming like the number the number of moves that they made you know so i can't tell you what what's going to happen with steven vote and adam duvall and kevin smith and jorge soler like where are they all going to fit into this lineup jock peterson jock peterson yeah i don't know where they're all going to go in this lineup yet why would you be batting jock peterson first is that just because you know it's a three career outcome and either then bases are going to be cleared for ozzy albies when he comes up i second? i do not i do not have a good <laughs> idea for what to do there why why they're doing that i mean some of these some of these moves i i don't understand but so I, I guess my point is that we're going to have to, next week, we'll have to check in on the teams that remade themselves. Like, I don't care about the teams yeah. that traded guys away. 
that's less interesting. But the teams where yeah. they took up a lot of guys, I'm very curious to know what their lineups look like. Yeah. Oh, poor Kansas City. What an interesting. Just it, it, it's such a fun, was such a fun lineup that just couldn't, never really quite got there. But that's, that's why is because the pieces just never totally gelled. What do you think about what do you think about the Oakland like all of Oakland's pickups? So they picked up Starling Marte, Jan Gomes, Josh Harrison. <sighs> Where are they? Why am I not finding them? Oak. Um. Why? Well, I, I mean, I I like Starling Marte in Oakland, but he's again in a don't like him for his home runs anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. I like that lineup. I really like that lineup. He's. I think Marte is going to get a lot of at bats. Well. I, I think so too, and I mean he'll he'll be the number two hitter for them. I I I think Oakland is one where I'm actually expecting there to be a pretty big change um, in the yeah, team's fortunes do going forward. Yep, they're gonna that that line and that lineup is gonna change a couple different different times between now and when it's fi- figured out. I agree with that. I mean they they had already shown they had already shown over the course of the year pretty significant lineup changing. I mean, one of the, the other thing on here is that I've now linked all of the the similarity matrices, so, uh-huh. so you can take a look at those. And and while they haven't stabilized, obviously after the trade deadline, you can get a sense of how much the manager was willing to play with the lineup prior to the trade deadline in the first place. And basically, basically nothing has changed about the 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 ordering of them. I mean, San Francisco and Tampa Bay are still going to do their things. <laughs> Yeah, Boston, I expect, will still be stabilized. Kansas City, I don't know. Houston, Toronto. Why didn't Toronto do anything? They did it on the other side of the ball. Yeah, but... Pitching. Well, why didn't they do anything on hitting? Are they... I don't know. I, I agree. I think that their their theory is probably... Um, let's get, Spr- get Springer back into real shape. Um, and I'm not even... Why am I... Um, Who's the other nepotistic play that they have? It's not Bo- Vlad. Bobachette and Vlad Guerrero Jr. No, the other oh, other. Lord we have Bobachette, Vlad Guerrero. No, the other one who was the other other nepotistic play. Kevin Biggio. Kevin. Yeah. Kevin Biggio. Wow. Toronto just really, just really is like there is no new player here. We are just <laughs> gonna go after guys who have names. But they I mean they have they have a very high similarity even though they've tried out they've tried out a few different lineups. If you look at their if you look at their matrix, they they recently have trotted out a lineup that's unlike any other one that they've done this year. Yeah, your um it's so your your post trade lineup analysis is um it not only figure it's not only looking at who's who's in the lineup, who's been traded to a team. It's also showing who has midseason dabbled, who's had some dabbling um, with the the lineup. Yeah, Marcus Semien, I I don't like him moving from the uh, number one spot. That does not. It's not going to help his value for sure. I'm. I mean, this this George Springer thing is is new, right? This. Yeah, because he's back. That's what I'm saying. He, him coming yeah. back and Kevin Biggio, you're kind of hoping is going to do something. I mean that that is the that is the new block that you're seeing um is is Springer coming back to take his rightful position I guess I don't know <laughs> Is he supposed to be a number 1 hitter? Um I think when he's 
when everything is working right for him, he is. I think, I mean, I think when everything's working right for him, he is actually a number one hitter. I also, the other thing that I also put in here was I grayed out a bunch of guys that have appeared in fewer than 25 games. The vision was actually to highlight all the pitchers, but it also highlighted the fact that a bunch of teams are just trotting out some guys that I do not know. Yep, absolutely. Like I know, yeah, I guess Marcus Simeon has been has a bit a bit of a cold streak lately, but I still would want him to be number one. You don't like him number three? No, I think that's a terrible spot for him. I guess that's assuming that's assuming his power is legit. I think he legitimately could drop even further down the lineup unless they unless they're gonna start pushing Springer to bat cleanup, right? Because you because yeah. you still want. You want Bobachet two, you want Vlad Guerrero Jr. three, then maybe you push Springer to four and you've bumped you've bumped Simeon back up to one. Yeah, so his his um over the last twenty eight days, he's just not getting it done at the plate okay. hitting wise. He's got an OBP under three hundred, well, so I get it. But you knew that he had to, right? I mean he was he was he on fire <laughs> the start of the year. And that's like we know Marcus Simeon. That's like how he did in the first three months of the season is not Marcus Simeon. Yeah. We know he will play every day, <laughs> but he will, um, it'll be a roller coaster over the year. We really, I really have, really have some names to learn on these lists. Like, oh, yeah. Gavin Sheets, Jared Oliva. There's like all these guys. I think that about brings us to the review session. Alex Bragman. Alex Bregman, uh, let me give you some stats once I get to the right page. And Savant is the slowest website ever. Okay. <laughs> Please reset. Alex Bregman, nominally the shortstop for the uh, for the Houston Astros, has appeared in only 59 games this year, 262 plate appearances, 37 runs, 7 home runs, 34 RBIs, one stolen base, 275 average. That is pedestrian to bad. That's not that's not Alex Bregman. Not that Alex Bregman that we have grown to loathe. <laughs> Alex Bregman, I mean, they so when he was healthy, he was played in roughly half the games that the Astros have played this year. When he was healthy, he was batting exclusively number three in that lineup, which is not the worst spot to be. That's a, that's a pretty good spot. I mean... Come on, let's be clear. We'll take any of the top four spots. Yeah, I mean, but but lead off Jose Altuve, then Michael Brantley. If they're both hitting on, if they're both hitting well, that's a good spot. That's a decent lineup spot to be. It is, and then, yeah, it's a great. And then Jordan Alvarez maybe batting you in. You know, Yuli Gurriel, maybe mix in Carlos Correa <laughs> somewhere down there. I mean, it's a good, it's a decent lineup to be in. So he's just got to get healthy. Yeah, and what it's arm problems as well as um I, believe, some, I thought it was quad strain right i thought he had some arm problems earlier in the year so he uh i don't know why he got placed on the dl the first time in in april he went on the dl 10 days spent 10 days on it then in mid-june he goes on the 10-day dl for left quad strain and last well, week on- <laughs> they just sent him out on the rehab assignment and and now it's a hamstring, which is that's actually very, very typical. If you have your quad, if yeah. your quad is injured, yeah. then you're like working on your quad, and then you're not working on your hamstring, and all of a sudden your hamstring goes. Yeah. Wow, that is like a it's like track and field one hundred and one. 
who are the Sugarland Skeeters? <laughs> like, what what level Ooh. do they play? <laughs> See, like that is, I like that. Um. Okay. Well, what? Well, let's look at this baseball savant. Yeah. I mean, this is so. If we're looking at just let's look at these colors up at the top percentile rankings. Not a good year, and that's because he's been hurt the whole year, right? So yeah. when you're looking at this. These are this is not a player that you'd think is a top fifty, top sixty, top hundred player. No. Only thing that is elite here is whiff percentage, chase rate, well, and then his K percent and his walk percent. So he's got great plate discipline. And the thing is, like, we're reviewing him pretty late in the season, but this is not where he was drafted. No, it's not where we're because we added in the um third base the third basemen who are probably not eligible no. <laughs> um at shortstop. I'm I'm not saying that we did anything bad. I'm just clarifying that the fact that we're reviewing him in five twenty two is not indicative of where he was drafted. So no. we should be careful to say that you drafted him expecting, you know, bordering on elite performance and you've got this. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's because he's not eligible at shortstop anymore. <laughs> well, regardless of where, well, would, I guess would he have would if he played all year? Do you think he would have gotten shortstop eligibility? Or do you think they were never going to trot him out at shortstop this year? Uh, Correa has been too good at shortstop this year. I think that the it's it's more about Correa than it's about um, Bregman if he's going to play. Okay, what week did we talk about Correa? Not that long ago. No, not that long ago. Uh, I mean, what, what do we what do we say about about Correa uh, about Correa? What do we say about Bregman? There's uh, these are injuries that worry me, in the sense that they are they're they're injuries that can really can really throw off a whole season and slow you down for the whole season. I mean, it can take a long well a hamstring when you have that when you have that issue where you have the quad and then you have the hamstring that really takes it out of out for a lot yeah. long time. Yeah. And he really shouldn't be coming back um, this year. This is a year after a really down year. Last year was a down year. I know it was a pandemic year, but that was a that was a really down year. And to follow it up with a um, injury plagued meh year yeah. isn't isn't good isn't good sign. He's twenty seven right now, so he's got plenty of career left. But this might be the Brady Sizemore kind of. <laughs> this is this is the kind of season that. That ignominious that can hurt, um, turning that point. can derail entire careers for sure. I mean, look at look at how durable he used to be. He 2017, 18, 19, he's batting in 155, 157, 156 games, and those are good good appearance numbers. Yeah, yeah, he did great. He he did really well, and then I mean, very solid production in those years. Yeah, I mean, elite except for he's he's obviously done stealing bases (laughs) and if that i mean if he wasn't done stealing bases before he's really done stealing bases now he's really done yeah yeah he's just got to (laughs) stop yeah exactly well good thing they don't have anyone blocking him on the dh spot like michael brantley (laughs) uh michael brantley still they're still gonna they're gonna i michael brantley must have a horrible contract i assume what do you mean like in the sense that they must be stuck with michael brantley for a while Oh, I mean, Michael Brantley is awesome. The problem is he just can't play. <laughs> this, I mean, this is one of the problems with that team is that you've got a lot of guys who get injured a lot. In that World Series, sort of even like the bigger, the bigger piece of it is the cheating. Yes, but also it's sort of one of those. It's like the um, 
the Warriors, where it was like somehow they stayed healthy. Yeah. Yeah. For right, exactly. All they had to do is put together the, the health, and then everything yeah. else fell into place. Yeah. So there's sort of those teams, yeah. That's like the top echelon. It's not only about do you have the players, do you have the horses. It's do you have do you have Hansel Robles horses. <laughs> it's can you keep those horses healthy for an entire season and for the playoff run? So, and Houston is showing that the luck has run out. Yeah. So with Bregman, the only thing to do is to. I mean, the thing to do is to wait and see if he's going to be healthy. Yeah. But if I was a betting man, having that quad injury to a hamstring injury, that is a really, really big red flag. That he needs a lot of time off to get right. I would be very careful. And hopefully we see him before the end of the year to get a sense of where to draft him next year. Because that's really going to be the big question. Mm -hmm. But Yeah, true. But he's small. He's a small guy. He wasn't supposed to be. I don't think he was supposed to be the superstar that he was purported to be on those World Series. I don't know. I mean, he was drafted number two overall. So oh, was yeah. he? Oh, okay. Never mind. I might be I might be wrong. Do we want to say anything more about this nope. guy? He's not a shortstop. No, nope, we're done. Also, just not a shortstop. Yep. Might as well do Justin Turner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's, that's a little different, but all right. Fair enough. All right. Uh... Who are we going to review next? Let's talk about Miguel Rojas. Second Rojas. Another Rojas. Yep. Another Rojas. <laughs> Love it. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is horse luck to you, buddy. Horse luck to you, too. Yeah.